welcome to the CGM Podcast, episode 105. I'm back this week. So, Wayne, did you host last week, Wayne? Wayne? No. Who did host last week? Was it Brendan? Brendan. Brendan hosted last week. I'm a little troubled. I can't remember who hosted last week. That's good, though, because Wayne seems to hate hosting. (laughs) That's because I'm terrible at it. Why do you have headphones on? Oh, well, because I was watching now like, I just the feel like, 75th anniversary. Oh, you had to catch up. So I was like, I had to go and watch that. And it was like... Oh, well, it took you two weeks. Interrupting my cartoons. One of the, mm-hmm. one of the amazing, I can understand. One no, of the first I, times I've watched it before Wayne, maybe. Yeah, it's true. One of the first things probably before Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But so. you still haven't seen Kill Like Him. Nope. No. At least Brendan has. I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark now. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. They finally... I have time. Finally got me to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. And of so course, despite the fact that you weren't 12 years old and it wasn't like 1980, it was still okay? I still I felt 12 go, years old. Okay, so you didn't go, it's like, oh, this sucks. It would be so much better with CG effects mm-hmm. or something like that. No, I right. thought it was amazing. No, it is a masterpiece. Alex knows better than that. that. No. And the most frightening part is it suggests Jesus is real. <laughs> God is real and he's mad. <laughs> Moving on to introductions, across from you is Wayne Santos, who's now taken out his headphones. Yeah. Did you enjoy the Batman short? The, it, it was really, really good. I guess we'll was get to that. Was that Kevin Conroy that was actually voicing wow, right at the Of course. Who yeah. else would have sounded it? like I, him? I yeah. wasn't sure whether it was Kevin Conroy because he only said for now. And, oh, where yeah. Bruce Tim so, goes, Kevin Conroy will okay, follow. Okay, that's good. All right, that's mm-hmm. reassuring then. Yeah. And next to Wayne is Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello. You won't be with us next week, will you? Probably not. I'm hmm. probably going to be in another part of the province. We're going to have to find another PC person and fill your spot. Yeah. It is a big province. Yeah. It's a big province and it's full of uh, woods and bears. Yeah, so it's perfect You'll for you. You'll be right at home. Yeah. 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 And next to Phil, or next to Alex is Phil. Phil M. You got there Phil eventually. M. Phil M. Yeah. I got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's on one side of the table and I'm all alone on this side. Mm-hmm. All my space. Mm-hmm. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I feel unwanted. So. And your roots have grown out long enough that I'd finally know what your actual hair color is. It has. Gotta say, disappointing. Thanks for giving that wow. visual to the audience. <laughs> he just said that. I gotta cut your mic off. We don't you censor ourselves, Art. You can't do anything like that. I can just pull out the plug. Okay, that's fair. You're just rude. <laughs> so next to me is Rude Phil. Okay, we'll call him Rude Phil. For, yeah, Rude Boy Phil for now. I was just thinking, I'm like, I really gotta do my roots. I should get around to that. Now Phil's just called me out to all with the whole world. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a podcast. I'm just gonna put they my... can't see. As far as you know, I'm Exactly. I'm they could think up. I'm absolutely stunning, and now you've just ruined it. Thanks, oh, Phil. Oh, you are absolutely stunning. Don't be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to news. Wayne, I believe, has some news for us. Uh, we've got some news to go. Okay, um, the first just... bit of news uh, is just genuinely exciting to me and possibly Phil. Is, okay, uh, what is it mm-hmm. then? Okay, so, um, yeah, Tecmo Koei, mm-hmm. uh, the they've announced that they're going to be releasing an, a Wii U exclusive new Fatal Frame game. Ooh, hey, <gasps> Wait, why hey, wouldn't hey, I be super excited about this? I love and Fatal you know Frame. Fatal Frame sounds like an ideal Wii U yeah. game yeah, because with of the, the game control pad. pad. Yeah. Oh, game pad, it would yeah. be absolutely great. So, yeah, that, that made me simultaneously happy and sad because it was like, yay, new Fatal See, Frame game. I don't have He didn't Wii U, even so. consider how excited I would be. I love mm-hmm. Fatal Frame and I have a Wii U. Mm-hmm. Okay. So ha. All right, because yeah, I just that's actually really exciting. Yeah, that so, is that's is perfect. So yeah, that that, that yeah, is yeah. coming. It is coming. It's a Wii U exclusive. I can't wait to play um, that. Although I imagine it will quickly be available on PlayStation Four or five. I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Uh, I think they're at five. I think this will be the fifth one. Yeah, it's five. Yeah, right? unless you yeah. include the uh, the 3DS game. 
Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah. I, I remember messing around with that a bit like uh, a yeah. year or two ago. The technology didn't quite work, yeah. but it was interesting. Was yeah. that was the... Fun. The one yeah. where you could see the ghosts. It was an alternate like, reality yeah. game. You kind of like, you know... Yeah, I think that's okay, when that's I was walking around in an old office yeah. looking for ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good time. Haven't played one yet? Want to. Yeah. I, I love the idea. It's, it's a, a great series. They're creepy. It's, yeah. yeah, it's terrifying. It's actually a horror game that makes yeah. you feel helpless and horrified. Those games yeah. are so messed up. They are. <laughs> really, really That's awesome. really exciting. I can't wait to play that. So, yeah, so you didn't hear about this. I'm guessing no. that this is the first that you... Yeah, but it's coming. I'm extraordinarily yeah. excited. No release date or anything? Just it's on its no, way? They're, they're just like it's on. Yeah, I'll probably not, show a little bit at E3 or something release. like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. now that it's out there, they're... And, you know, to be fair, Nintendo's got to start showing more I stuff. I imagine so, that Nintendo's going to show off a lot of stuff So this I year. will probably be stalking the Nintendo booth looking mm. for Fatal Frame if they have it there. Like, As oh, you come should. On, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. I will should. set that appointment up for you, Wayne. Oh, that's Fatal so exciting. Game, so, yeah. Sounds great. I really, so, really wonder so what they're exciting. going to do with the um, tablet controller. Well, I figure that's going to be the works. camera and you can probably yeah. see ghosts on the yeah. tablet that yeah. you can't yeah. see on the screen. That would be cool. That's what I would do anyway. I will let you borrow my Wii U, Wayne, so you can play it. That would be nice. I will let you borrow my Wii U that I stole from the office. Uh, <laughs> Even better. <laughs> so, Do you have any okay. more? So yeah, there, there is that bit of news. Um, okay, going on to um, something a little bit more like, you know, um, snobby and scholarly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a um, festival. It's called the Games for a Change Festival. Okay. Okay, it's been running for a few years. And so, yeah, what you, as you might guess from their title, Games for Change, they actually... Um, cover games that are socially relevant, that you know, like have you know, provocative ideas that in some way are trying to make the world a better place. So Duck Hunt. <laughs> yeah, sure, Duck Hunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's, let's say that. So yeah, they, the, the Games for Change Festival happened, and the big winners were um, Gone Home and um, Papers, Please. Oh, cool. Yeah, see, mm. so so that's that's a good little thing to mention because it's like, yeah, Gone Home was like the critical darling last mm. year. It's like, you know, everybody went nuts over it. I don't know how many people here played it. It's like... Didn't get to it. I did. No. I was Papers, really, Please really was really a lot of fun, though. I really Yeah, and that. Papers, Please was another one of those is like, wow, okay, so life is really rough when you're... Yeah. You know, it's like deciding who crosses the border and who does. <laughs> yeah, it was a brilliant idea. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah it's, it's good to see that those games are getting recognition. And, you know, even though... The Games for Change Festival isn't like you know the biggest event around. It's still nice when um, you can like you know put on the label for a game or put on the website that it was an award winner. Mm. So that that's always just good for you know marketing purposes. Absolutely. Like, oh, it won an award. Okay, I'll check it out. Because people are just like that when they find out that something is an award winner, they're more inclined to give it a, you know a check. So yeah, like how my mother only watches movies once they've been nominated for Oscars. Really? Wow. Okay. So. So she only watched Titanic once it got nominated? Um, well, I mean, she'll make an exception for something crappy like Titanic or Twilight. Okay. Other than that, yeah. And once it wins, an o- it takes an Oscar. She watched Twilight without an Oscar Loved it. Her and all her middle-aged lady friends used oh. to get together. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. That, that, that went to, they went to the midnight screenings, the whole nine yards. So Could you just how, shake how, your head at your own mother? Who did your mom and her yeah. friends... Oh, I made fun of her ruthlessly. <laughs> Still do. See, this is my question then. How did your mom and her friends rationalize the fact that they were like middle-aged women who were checking out a movie that was intended for like preteen girls. Well, here's really? the thing. Assuming I, I'm assuming I'm the only person at this table that ever was at a theatrical showing of a Twilight. You're probably the only person who's actually seen Twilight seen at this table. No, maybe. I, I've, I've and, seen the first uh, not yet. No, no I, I was it there, and not only. Eventually, I will just to see what I saw the first screamings about. At the screenings I went to, not only was it mostly middle-aged yes. women, mm-hmm. but they would hoot and holler every time. The see, that's what I was thinking. Off, like of a Chippendale show. Yeah. So that was now middle-aged women creeping out on Twilight. It was a huge part of that market. 
probably as big as the tween market. Yep. Okay. Uh, thank God my mom doesn't listen to this. Yeah. Both disturbing and depressing. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. but, what yeah. was that related to? What was the story that we got up on that tangent about? What were we talking about on this podcast? Oh, Games for Change. Yeah, yeah. For that's change. just yeah. like Twilight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my, my mom played the Oscars with the awards. In right, yes. Okay. That's right, yeah. Your mom right. watches Oscar award nominees. Okay. okay. Because we were okay. saying that it's Taking yeah. games win awards. Following the breadcrumbs back, are yeah, you, Phil? Yeah, we got there. Uh, I'd like to see it, though, that where there's a lot more games that we consider mainstream that have more social sort of change messages to them, more like attempts to be culturally relevant. You know? That'll never happen. It'll never happen, <laughs> no, but I want to see it. Not because mainstream. <laughs> I don't know. GTA Five has some pretty progressive thoughts. So. <laughs> G well, okay, see, GTA Five is impressive as a mainstream game with a lot of satire in it. Yeah. And obviously, you know, yeah, there's a certain segment of the audience that's going to get the satire and think it's brilliant and yeah. incisive, but everybody else is just running over hookers and getting their money back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and, all, and also the satire in GTA yeah. 5 was not, like, trying to promote positive Yeah, that, that's true. It's like, you know, like yeah, you know, calling Ikea crapia is not exactly the height of like you know intellectual witticism. No, it's well, like, true. Okay, the issue I have—it's a cheap, easy show. No, but I it's mean, down, but it's on the road. Yeah. yeah. The issue I have is just that we we have games like Papers Please and Gone Home, where it seems like they're they're entirely based around this really strong message, and that is their entirety of their being. And I just want to see people recognize ga recognize games that where that is one aspect of them, that where it's done maybe more, a bit more subtly. I don't yeah. know if that uh, makes sense to anybody. But I don't know. The Mario games have done a lot to promote positive images of the Italian American community, in my opinion. Apparently not. Uh, apparently not a lot to uh, show off women well. I, I guess then, like, really, the closest that we've gotten to that in recent years would probably be Bioshock Infinite, mm -hmm. because yeah. there are issues of racism that are in there, but it's not saying this is a game about racism. Mm -hmm. It's just like you know, yeah. hey, look, here's early 20th century America, and racism was like this back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then they move along into the rest of the game, as opposed to now we're going to spend the rest of the game pounding you over the head with racism issues. Well, Bioshock Infinite did not do that. There's also the, there's also all the elements of patriotism yeah. and like jingoism and whatnot yeah, that exactly. was shown. So it it is in there, but that was still like a mainstream first person shooter, yeah. so to speak. So and the Call of Duty games teach us to hate foreign people. Well, the Call <laughs> that's of, important. The, the Call of Duty games are basically saying, wouldn't it be awesome if the Russians were our enemies again? Mm -hmm. Because they keep finding ways to make the well. Okay, the last Call of Duty game is was like the South Americans were yeah. the bad guy. So and brown people too. They yeah. got a lot of brown people. Yeah. Out there. Exactly. yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know what they say about brown people. So mm -hmm. like, I don't even need to say it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody knows. Mm -hmm. You should at this point point out that we're not racist. This yeah. was a humorous discussion. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm brown, which is why I know what they say about brown people. Because I hear it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love playing the race card. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, so my last bit of news. Um, this is one that, uh, again, I'm excited about. And probably Alex is as well. Mm -hmm. Is... Um, Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, yes. It, it got a release date. It's it's coming out October 7th, which mm -hmm. makes me feel a little bad because that's that was already the confirmed release date for Alien Isolation. Yeah. So... That's going to put a little bit of a damper. AAA Bioware RPG going mm -hmm. up against a franchise which people are still feeling the burn from Colonial Marines. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a good feeling about 
now. I know when fortunes. A lot of people are going to be looking like at the sounds of isolation. I can't pretend they don't. Yeah. It's fun, especially after having played. Not um, like that's that's the thing. It, it still seems promising, doesn't it? It does, especially yeah. after having played. God, how can I not remember the title of the game? The one that I wrote the end game on in the line, the last issue, um, the horror game PS4. Outlast. Outlast. Yeah. Thank you, because yeah. it seems like it's essentially taking Outlast's playing model. Yeah. And that works so well in Outlast. Mm-hmm. Why can't it work for Alien? That's my question. Yeah. Well, and a lot of. Uh, Bioware fans are going to be looking at uh, Inquisition pretty closely, considering they weren't very. A lot of them were not happy with Dragon Age Two, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people are, good, are are expecting that this game has to be amazing, has to be up on par with the with Origins. So yeah. they're going to be kind of they're going to be looking at it regardless, and whether or not they're disappointed or not, they're going to be fixated. There's going to be a lot of pre-orders anyway. Although I, th- I think one of the most interesting things about this um, that you know caught me by surprise is. They're actually releasing a deluxe digital edition, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's like not really something that you do too often with console games because usually the plan is you offer a special or collector's edition physically mm-hmm. for people to go to GameStop or Best Buy or Amazon or whatever, and that's to entice them to the you know, various you know, retailers. But for this one, if there's a deluxe digital edition, that means that you know, they're going to be offering it on the Xbox Live Marketplace, they're going to be offering it on the PlayStation Network, and on EA's Origin itself, since we'll never ever see this game on Steam. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, yeah, EA and Steam, they don't get along. But, yeah, I, I just found it interesting that they are actually trying to entice people to buy a digital version by saying, yes, you know, that deluxe edition, It's it, there's going to be digital too, so you can still buy it on PlayStation Network or whatever, and you'll get a chance to get all of those goodies, as opposed to, no, you have to walk into an EB Games and put in your pre-order there if you want this stuff. But to me, that actually really says something about where digital sales are going. Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact that I guess EA is like, we're, we're actually making enough money on this that we'll do it. So, well, they're already here. Yeah. Like, it's, alre- it's already proven that it works, and yeah. it's an amazing thing. So... I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, but I probably, <laughs> but I'm probably going to be kind of cautious about it. It's a third game in a series. At this point... They're either going to try to reinvent, reinvent it completely, or it's just going to be the same old, same old. And I'm, I'm as usual, pretty cautious and joyless. So I'm going to just like after the second game, I'm perfectly fine with them going with same old, same old because it'll be new again because they denied it to us in the second game. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that'll be fine. But I yes, like, like Dragon Age, October seventh. I'm excited. Yeah. And now okay. Okay. Pause. Is that all your game that's, news? That's, that's, that's my news for this week. Thank you, Wayne. Shall I take over the news department? Yes. Please. Unless other people have, you don't have any stuff to add. I do have one game related piece of news I noticed on the way here, which okay. is that um, sadly the uh, Batman Arkham Knight has been, uh, its release date has been moved to just sometime in 2015. Uh, which That'd is a bummer, but... If it's to make it more polished, I'm okay with this. Exactly. They don't want to screw it up. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want to mess it up. Mm-hmm. Um, just a shame, because I was really hoping it would be coming out next Christmas. Mm-hmm. But uh, It was actually originally yeah. slated for October as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just whenever in 2015. Yeah, at some point in 2015. So that's sad to hear, but it still exists. It's still coming. But and More room for Dragon mm-hmm. Age and Alien yeah. Isolation. I, I wager, and I also thought they'd really try to put it out this year with the whole 75th anniversary situation. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, on July, uh, 21 uh, different uh, DC comic covers are going to have Batman on the cover. Okay. Um, not how, wait, wait, wait. How many? 21. 
pretty well all of them <laughs> um, I, to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Batman and also because Batman doesn't get enough attention, apparently. Oh, no, of course yeah, not. No, definitely he's not. so obscure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Nobody knows uh, who Batman is. I don't believe he's going to actually be in all those issues. I think it's just an alternative cover situation. It'd probably be one of those collector's edition type things. Exactly. I think they're all yeah. alternative or just covers. Or like, you know, Where's Waldo with Batman. Exactly. Like, you know, just, just look for Batman. Oh, there he is in the corner at that cafe table, you know, sipping on a latte. Exactly. While is, yeah, while Aquaman is getting beat up on the front. As exacto usual. mundo. Yeah. So if you walk into a comic book store in July and you see nothing but Batman comics, fear not. It's just a special thing. Yep. He hasn't taken over all of DC. Not yet, but give him time. Yeah. Um, all righty. Now, next up. Uh, okay, this is one that uh, I hope um, I won't be the only one who in this at this table cares about. But uh, are any of you? Does the name Takashi Miki mean anything to anyone here? It's ringing a bell, and I don't know where the bell is. How about the movies Audition yes. and uh, Itchy the Killer, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, yeah I've heard of Itchy the Killer. Yes. Itchy the Killer uh, is messed up. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? Oh, my God. Isn't it? So uh, Takashi Miki has made 93 films in his career. Um, he just cranks those puppies out. But the last five years or so, um, he's been sort of uh, gone a little bit mainstream, mm-hmm. uh, by his standards at least. And he announced this week that he will no longer be doing that. He has plans to make a proper Takashi Miki movie. I want to read his statement because it's wonderful. He said, uh, Say goodbye to wimpy and boring Japanese movies. Nobody asked me, but I've decided on my own to return to my roots and start a riot. And he is going to make a Yakuza vampire film. Oh my god, yes. It's called Yakuza Apocalypse. There is nothing about that statement I don't love. You are totally going to enjoy this movie when you watch it 30 years from now. Yes. 30 years. Exactly. I mean, you're giving me a lot of credit there. Exactly. 60 years. All right. So, anyway, I am positively giddy about this news. Um, I can't pretend to have seen even probably. I mean, I've probably done like a tenth of the yeah, 93 no, films I, I he's made. I haven't seen 93 of his Nowhere movies. near to all of them. Uh, whether I like them or not, they are always leave a scar in my brain. Yeah. No, Audition uh, was my first exposure oh, to Oh, amazing, yeah. Like, oh, I went to see that at a film festival. I didn't know anything about it other okay. than the fact it was a Japanese horror film. Oh. So after the first hour, I thought I'd gone into the wrong screening mm-hmm. and was disappointed. And then, yeah, not so much after yeah. that. Uh, no, no, that's an amazing film. I'm also quite fond of the Dead at Our Alive series. I don't know if you've seen those. There's Yakuza movies and uh, anywho um, yeah Yakuza Vampire sounds good to me and uh, that is on the way next up uh, Baz Luhrmann is going to be making a film of the Kung Fu television series what? Yep. What? Wait, what? That's Baz? a thing. Yep. <laughs> it's like a, Baz Lerman. Are they still shooting it in Australia? Uh, are they going to move the Wild West to the assume, Outback? Well, it would be very easy to replicate the U.S. West in the Outback. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, apparently... Just, just get all those kangaroos out. Right? It'll be fine. Yeah. Very odd choice. He certainly never made anything resembling an action movie Will before. Although, be I guess Romeo and Juliet dancing? had a lot of gun slinging in it. No, I, no he seems to be very uh, in, insistent upon making... A, doing Kung Fu properly. Um, How I, did Baz Luhrmann, of all people, get tapped for this? Right? I, it was, was he fighting for this? No, this is like, his choice. This is okay. a movie that he really wanted to make. Okay. Um, no, that, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, has he actually been gunning for this this whole time, or did somebody just say, like... Oh, I, I don't know how long hat. he's wanted to, but it's definitely... Excuse me, it definitely was his decision to make this happen. Okay. It will be happening. Uh, obviously, no casting decisions have been made yet. Hopefully, this time, they actually hire an Asian man to play the Asian man. 
Um, Dave Carradine was great, but that was racist. Yeah, um, a little bit. But Bruce Lee died, so what are they going to do? Yeah, but then, I mean, like, you know, they didn't want Bruce Lee when they had Bruce Lee. It's and true. That's why David Carradine was in there. Like, it's like, true. But I had Bruce Lee. And it's went with true. David Carradine, so. Oh, God, I know. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but Kung Fu has, is such a strong central concept that I think there could be something interesting made out of that. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, He's a bizarre choice, but he definitely is someone who's a very stylish filmmaker and who knows how like, to that's, that's the thing make that highly choreographed set pieces. Yeah. Like, there's not a huge difference between a like very balladic uh, kung fu sequence and a musical and a like proper Besley Berkeley dancing that's, sequence. That's, that's kind of the thing that I'm wondering about. So. Is that his cinematic style seems very unmartial artsy. Well, to I, me. I mean, well, I mean, I think it'll be like a, a wire foo type thing. Yeah. I think it'll be very balletic, and yeah, I think that he would yeah. be interesting. It could, I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, like he did his Romeo and Juliet did have some pretty intense violence in it mm-hmm. um, yeah. by the standards of that type of film. I don't know. I'm very curious. Um, I. Vastly prefer him doing this in The Great Gatsby, which was a horrible waste of time. Okay, I um, and Don't I, I do keep, that. I keep meaning to get into nope. doing it. Not, nope. not even for the visuals, nope. really? Because nope, like, don't do that. Okay. Nope. Um, I may ignore you and just watch it. Anyway. I mean, at your own peril, yeah, you'll do I that. Have, I've heard um, but uh, so, anywho, that's happening, um, which is bizarre. Um, it's going to be a Barbie movie. Wait, this is live action, isn't it? Uh, yep. A live-action Barbie movie. Yep. Why? Who is doing this again? Um, I mean, obviously Mattel, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's all there is. going to be a Barbie movie. That's just came out. One of the studios, I forget which one specifically. Okay. Um, I would guess uh, Paramount, because they're connected to all the Hasbro movies, and that seems right up their alley. Um, but Why now? Anyway, that's happening. Well, I mean, my thing, when I heard it, it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, I guess there hasn't been a Barbie movie. Not live action. Yeah, it no. just feels like there should have been something that was done long before now. Um, yeah, it's going to be a Barbie Sony. movie. Sony. It's Sony, it's Sony Pictures that is doing this. Sony there you go. Sony and Mattel are making a Barbie movie. Yep. A live action Barbie movie. That's the thing that's oh happening. Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm confused. Very confused. I can't imagine what it'll be about, but I hope there is genital-free sex scenes, because as far as I recall, that's what you did with Barbie toys. Okay. Um, Next up, uh, Kevin Feige has confirmed they have cast and recorded the voice of Thanos, but won't say who it is. Nice. Um, Not sure what that means, um, but I thought I'd pose the question who you would like to be the voice of Thanos. Well, for the record, I've always pronounced it Thanos, but I was never sure. It is Thanos. I, I apologize. Uh, Thanos is it. Okay. Uh, My bad. I don't know. Because it's, it's another one of those things where it's like I've yeah. read it for years, but I've never actually heard anybody say it. I so know, in yeah. In my head, it was always Thanos. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, I've, I, I'm pretty sure it is Thanos. I think okay. you're right on that one. I'm it's just me being particularly Canadian about yeah. it. All right. I mean, it's like in a perfect world, I would be like, you know, really happy with like young Christopher Lee. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Yeah, (laughs) I'd even take old Christopher Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think that giving him a really deep voice is is that good of an idea. No. I mean, all every guy like that in a comic book movie has this deep, resonant voice, and I'm just thinking, do something else. Yeah. Like I, I actually saw some clips from uh, the old uh, Silver Surfer. cartoon right right and thanos is in that and he has kind of this very unhinged sort of higher pitched voice mm-hmm. where he's always talking to that statue and he's really obsessive and uh creepy with it mm-hmm. and i kind of like that idea of having him as kind of sounding like always on the on the edge of violence kind of like, mm-hmm. just as long as it's not like you know high pitched nasally no not, not ah, i am thanos not, <laughs> not like that to destroy the universe i worship death <laughs> but like somebody who's who's 
kind of not entirely there. Yeah. Like someone who is kind of just off off his kilter just a bit. Okay, so if we could just bring back Heath Ledger and say just yeah. do the Joker as Thanos. Then. Yeah. Mm. Or get uh, uh, Tom Hardy yeah. to do. Uh, oh, well, let's get Jack Nicholson. Old man. I think that it's got. I think you got to go deep, intense, and resonant simply because there's no ultimate villain in the Marvel universe yet. So this should be your big boy. This has got to be your Darth Vader. And yeah, I think you got. What do you mean? We've, we've got the that. Mandarin. Isn't that hardcore enough for you? <laughs> no, it's not actually. <laughs> And also, we already have a whiny villain in um, Loki. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I didn't say whiny, but uh, I don't know. I I, I want to say Cam Clark. Yeah, I just I just like his voice, and I think he can really pull off kind of this intense intense villain. Cam Clark. I don't know who that is. Uh, I think wasn't. I'm trying to think of who he was. Uh, wasn't he Liquid Snake? In Metal Gear Solid, like because I had like you know no idea who you were talking about for a split second there, I kind of just flashed back to like eighties much music and thought you were referring to Kim Clark Champness, mm-hmm. which is like which would have been like the wow. most bizarre choice for Thanos. Mm. That's not a name I've heard anywhere recently. Yeah, mm. exactly. So I just and, totally dated myself there, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, we don't know. It'll be a secret, but I think I think it'll be. I, I'm I'm confident they will pick a wise choice, and I'm pretty sure that Thanos is going to make his debut. Al Pacino. In Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that, Al yeah. Pacino is Thanos. Yeah. That would be good. Say hello to my not so little friend, <laughs> Galactic Skin. Oh, yeah. Thanos. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. And um, on the topic of mispronouncing uh, comic book supervillains, I recently found out that it's actually Ra's al and not Ra's al Ghul. Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, what? That's proper Ray pronunciation, despite the fact that in the Chris Nolan movies it was Ra's al Ghul start to finish. I always thought it was Ra's al Ghul myself, and then when I heard the Nolan version, Race. I was like, oh, okay. I, I watched the uh, the old I watched the old uh, adventure, like Batman, uh, the sort of Adventures of Batman and Robin thing. You yeah. Know, not that. I'm trying to think of what it's called. The old, like the, the Batman cartoon everyone watches. The like 90s. One Batman yep. animated series, yeah, and yep. uh, they call it Ra- they call him Rachel Gould. They do, that. they do, and David Warner does his voice, and he's excellent. David Warner would actually be a good Thanos as well. Wait, wasn't yep. he Sark? Mm-hmm. Tron. Yes. David Warner. Yes, he okay. was indeed. Yeah. See, okay, so yeah, Snooey British. That that works. That's yeah. the direction I'm leaning. I'm cool with it. As well. Yeah, David Warner. Is okay, cool. and and then as a final uh, little fun news story, um, uh, this Sunday the episode of The Simpsons will be done entirely in Lego. Which, um, but will that be like real Lego or will it be CG Lego? I'm assuming a mixture of the two. Okay. Um, I think they will do definitely use use some real Lego simply because this is a cross promotional okay. uh, dealy with the uh, Lego the Simpsons yeah, toys. I, I would presume from a production deadline perspective, virtual CG Lego would be easier to work with than right. actually doing the entire thing animated by hand with real Lego. Of course. Stop motion takes forever. But though. the movie yeah. did, uh, the Lego movie did mix and match, and I presume they do a similar thing. So because the Lego, the movement of the Lego figures is so simplistic, mm-hmm. if you're just doing basic character walks across a, mo- a room, yeah, yeah it's going to be time-consuming, but probably not as time-consuming as CG would be. Am I wrong in thinking that this does not sound like a, the basis of a good episode? It does not sound like something that will be sustainable for the entire 20 minutes? Well, I mean, the Simpsons are pretty desperate for ideas in general. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I have really watched Simpsons in years. So. It's rough. It's really rough. It's not good. No. But, uh, anywho, that's the thing that's happening. I think it's a little late. No? I think it's right on time. Those Lego toys are coming out. I'm going to sell those puppies. All right. Thank you, Phil. Okay. We can move on to what you've been playing. Who would like to start? Oh, hey, whoa, whoa. Wait, you have more? Oh, I, don't I do my movie thing now? All right. Let him do it, yeah. What you've been seeing? I totally forgot. 
Yeah. I guess you saw something this week. I did. Uh, okay, so this week I saw uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, which is a vampire movie by Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch made uh, Dead Man, Stranger Than, Par- Stranger Than Paradise, Stand By Law, Coffee and Cigarettes, very deadpan indie uh, comedic uh, filmmaker. This film is, uh, as I said, a vampire film. It's um, So it does not have Bill Murray spontaneously appearing and then just chugging down a gallon of blood. Sadly, no. But it does have Tom Hiddleston as a vampire. All right, yeah. Um, okay, that's Lucky, cool. who we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a depressed and burned-out vampire of indeterminate age who lives in Detroit. He spends all his time being depressed and recording funeral-influenced indie rock that's uh, slowly catching on in the underground. His uh, longtime lover lives across the uh, across, on the other side of the planet, uh, where she gobbles up literature constantly and pals around with a John Hurt vampire who actually secretly wrote the entire works of William Shakespeare, but didn't take credit because he was immortal. Uh, they decide. That's cool. Yep. They decide. Okay. Both of them. That both of them uh, don't uh, kill people anymore. They buy uh, high-end blood from hospitals that they sip like fine scotch. They get together and then. Uh, 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 Tilda Swinton's sister, played by Mia, I think it's pronounced Wiakowski. Um, she Wiakowska, rather. She is the uh, played uh, Alice in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, right. um, as she, uh, their sister shows up um, simply because the two of them together sort of draws her towards them. She is not a laid back vampire. She is a bitey bitey vampire, and trouble is afoot once she arrives. So the interesting take on this is, as opposed to being a highly romanticized or uh, action based take on vampire. This is a more lethargic uh, take. It's sort of focused more on the eternal lifespan of a vampire. And the amusing take that uh, Jim Jarmusch has that's very appropriate for him is that he essentially uh, views the vampire as the original hipster. These are people who are obsessed with pop culture from the past or disgusted with the present, disgusted with the present, and you get the impression that they probably didn't yeah. really like Things the past. were so much cooler in the 16th century. Exactly, yeah. exactly, which is a really clever idea. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. They exploit it a lot for dark comedy. Then when... Uh, Mia's character pops up. It turns. It definitely uh, does have some very creepy uh, scare scenes. It's not like an action-packed film. Uh, he makes sort of hangout movies where you just sort of spend a lot of time with uh, eccentric characters, get to know what they're like. And I thought it was a really, really clever and original take on the vampire mythos. Um, and particularly in light of all the kind of crappy, poppy vampire movies we've got over the last ten years, I think this is really, yeah, smart and original take. Really worth checking out. Um, Tom Hilson's excellent in it. Is um, it at all like Before Sunrise, but with vampires? people just sort of walking around and talking to each other but then also biting people a little bit okay. in moments but it's a bit more uh, okay. it's not like because I'd watch Before Sunrise with vampires because it's even more urgent that they get this over with yeah, Before yeah. Sunrise because they're vampires oh yeah touche yeah. touche mm-hmm. a yeah, little bit did there? Yeah, 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 yeah. a little Clever. bit Jarmusch yeah. uh, is a bit more deadpan than that it's really okay. funny um for example, when Tom Hiddleston uh, goes to get blood, he wears an old uh, medical scrub with a name tag that says Dr. Faust, uh, <laughs> which I thought was quite fun. Um, but yeah, I definitely, it's a very unconventional mo- a vampire movie, but a wonderful one. Probably, I'd say that and Chanwick Part's Thirst are the only really, really interesting ones that have come out during the last sort of vampire boon. And uh, yeah, definitely seek it out. It's great. Is it blood. in color or in black and white? It's in color, which okay. is kind of a bummer because yeah. Jam Jarmusch is a master of vampire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of black I, I and white. I just and assumed that it would be in black and white. Vampires black and white. You know what I think it is is that he's also, um, again, the reason he did the hips for vampires, he obviously identifies with this because he's someone who sort of is obsessed with the past as well and mm-hmm. he only shoots on film 
and I'd imagine it would be practically impossible to find a lab that would uh, develop that would have the facilities to develop black and white film stock at this point. I think sadly that is extinct. Oh yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But uh, anyway, definitely check that out. Um, I also saw Brick Mansions, which is a remake of District B13 starring Paul Walker, and it's terrible. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. That's really all we yeah, have to no, say. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Okay. Yeah, really terrible. It's not even worth giving a detailed uh, no, synopsis. Not at all. I mean, the plot is identical beat for beat for District B13, um, which was an amazing film uh, that was the... When they introduced parkour to uh, action filmmaking, oh, right. okay. uh, the only problem being that uh, the, what, what at one point had two parkour kung fu experts now has one who's uh, ten years older and parkour people age in dog years, um, so he can't do the parkour much anymore. And then you have Paul Walker who can't do it at all, so they just give him extra car dress chase stuff because I guess he's a car expert because of yeah. Fast and the Furious. That's a bit. Sad. Um, yep, sad final film for him, but. Uh, yeah, don't don't go see that. Oh, and the Riz is in it as a as the villain, and he says uh, lyrics from the Wu Tang Clan um, to upset you. Okay, <laughs> it sounds upsetting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't see that. Go see Only Lovers Left Alive. It's fantastic. Okay, thank you, Phil. You're welcome, Mel. Now can we move on to what you've been playing? Yeah, what have you been playing, Phil? Oh, nothing. Really? Yeah, I've okay. played a bunch of anything. Alex, I've been playing uh, the PC version of Dark Souls Two. Oh God. <laughs> Just can't get away from Dark Souls. Hey, that's what I've been playing. Yeah. So but, much Dark Souls. Yeah, so much Dark Souls, it's even starting to drain me a little. I still haven't played Dark Souls 2 yet. Still haven't. It's just waiting for the PS4 version. Is it like other Dark Souls? It's the same game, but with better graphics. And you have to really use a control. Like, And this is not a surprise. You really have to use a controller with it. Okay. Keyboard well, and mouse, just I, not working. I mean, I've, I've, I've tried out the keyboard and mouse. It's, it's not a very uh, elegant setup. You have to double-click to do strong attacks. You have to single-click to yeah, do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you, can, you can tell how that, that is a little problematic that for a combat system. pretty clunky. Yeah. Well, you, you can't reliably do the moves is the big problem. And it just... It's, with, you have uh, like a stamina system like that, and when combat is so reliant on you being able to do the moves you want to do as you do them, it just makes a whole different degree of complication to it. It doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But uh, no. But you can just emulate a controller. It works fine with that. It works great. And it's uh, still a f- it's fun and a quite good-looking game. Graphical, graphical upgrades are actually kind of good. Uh, looking up close at your rotting zombie person actually looks a lot better uh, okay. whenever you're using the computer graphics on high. Very cool. Which means that it'll look great on the PS4 and Xbox One whenever mm-hmm. it comes out because we know that it's coming out at some point. No, I hope I hope it would be. It, it totally is fine. Yeah. Wayne, I've been playing Octodad. Huh. So it's just it's like a, it's it's there. It's like you know I had to mess around with it. It's it's Octodad and it's just completely ludicrous. I can't wait to play I mean, it. It's so stupid. I mean, like I don't. Know Looks how, hilarious. I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, but the whole premise of it is that you are an octopus who got married to a human woman and who doesn't know. Oh, I thought it was a spin-off of Octomom. No. Uh, no. And then and this the whole game is just about you trying to maintain your cover as just an average married father. Because no one knows you're an octopus. Because nobody suspects that you're actually an octopus. But your kids are any, human. Is there any tentacle sex in it? No. Whew. Thank God. But there's all kinds of crazy tentacle action just okay. tentacle sex. Okay. So, yeah. I mean it's like the the game is basically one giant joke because the controls are terrible. 
controls are terrible, and that's the joke. You control every every yeah. individual tentacle, right? Yes, you do. And that just okay. Means you control like, four individual tentacles. It's like yeah. not all eight. You know, it's like you control four tentacles. So you're basically stretching across an entire room, like you're, falling on things. You're knocking stretching things across over. the room, and there's like a physics at work where you know if you move one limb, it just keeps wanting to go in that direction. So you're basically fighting the controls every single step of the way. It's like just something as simple as like trying to pick up coffee grounds and you know it's like putting them into the coffee machine it's like it just flings you across the room and you're like oh my god i just like i just wanted to pick it up and now, now i'm like wrecking things everywhere maybe you could clarify something for me those are his actual kids right They're yes not they a- are his actual kids okay he had those kids okay so that does raise the implications I, I thought i don't I ass- they don't address it they just really? don't address it. i just assumed they were adopted or something he's, he's just he, he married this woman and they have kids and that's that's just the way it is yeah it just it's like a saturday morning cartoon and there's like. there's a sushi chef a japanese sushi chef who knows that he is an octopus and keeps chasing after him coyote roadrunner style always oh. trying to like you know uncover to the rest of the world this guy is an octopus and you know yeah and, it does. Dad just keeps like you know out, outrunning and outsmarting the guy. So. I would watch this if this was on the TV in the nineties. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's a it's a crazy crazy game, and I'm enjoying it. But I also understand that for a lot of people, especially guys that just want to sit down and play a game and do as well at it as they possibly can, the fact that part of the joke is the controls are terrible, it's just going to piss off a certain segment of the audience, and they're just going to go, "I don't like this because the controls are messed up. This game is stupid." Um, but. Nope. If you can get on board with the idea that you're like, yeah, you you are a klutz, and the whole point of this game is that you're trying to not navigate a klutz through a klutzy world, you can you can enjoy it. Well, no, I, that's I love that genre of where every of games where everything is supposed to go terribly, terribly wrong, yeah. and it's you trying to make sure it goes less wrong. Mm-hmm. Those games are great. And you know, yeah, you're it, it it really is just bizarre. You're doing all of this stuff, and you know, people are just constantly sort of on the edge of questioning whether or not you're a person or not, but then they always just shy away from it. Maybe oh, that, he's just clumsy, that's all. Maybe that, that yellow, maybe that uh, orange guy with the giant bulging eyes yeah. who's falling over top of the uh, sushi exhibit is possibly not human. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, even when there's like a leak in an aquarium and water is just flooding around all mm-hmm. over the place and you're wandering around quite comfortable under the water, they're just like, boy, he sure can't hold his breath a long time. I saw a clip of that yeah. and it's so, great where they're saying... Yeah. Doesn't he have to come up for air? Yeah, so it's just yeah, like it's 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 a hilarious, hilarious game. But you know, it's like only for people that don't mind wrestling with deliberately horrible controls. If you're one of those people that does not have that kind of sense of humor, stay far, far away from this game. Mm-hmm. Ah, delightful. Yeah. Thank you, Wayne. So I can't I wait to play Octodad. Actually, right. So even I don't, even though I didn't play a game, I do have a stray observation I wanted to throw past you guys. Awesome. That occurred to me. Okay, so Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. When the Ewoks initially kidnap Han Solo and Luke and everyone, they put them on a spit like they're going to eat them. Right. Yeah. So we know they eat human. Mm-hmm. So at the end, right, when they're celebrating, they're playing musical instruments with all the Stormtrooper mm-hmm. stuff. Presumably so, they're feasting on the so bodies yeah, of hundreds of dead Stormtroopers. Storm okay. Yeah. All right. right? I mean, that's what we have okay. to assume Did happened, this right? Just occurred to you now? Or did yeah. You this somewhere? No. Okay. No, it was on the way over. I was okay, thinking about I the Ewoks. Keep, Not so fucking cute anymore, are I they? I keep thinking that I may have seen this argument somewhere before. Yeah. I'm like, can't you see they're eating stormtroopers? Like, yeah, soil and green is made out of stormtroopers. It well, stormtroopers are clones anyway. Who cares? It just occurred to me. Apparently. But yeah. still, I mean, I thought they were cute little teddy bears, and apparently they're all. Actually, the thing that sparked it is I heard. Um, 
I forget where it was, but I heard that uh, George Lucas at a, like a, a merchandising meeting for Return of the Jedi said, you know, if we design these Ewoks right, they could outsell teddy bears. And you're just thinking, well, yeah, because they they are they are teddy, they are teddy bears. bears with George. Guy needs a slap in the face. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you, Phil. Canna- cannibalistic genius. Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Not cannibalistic, but. They have a taste for human flesh. Carnivorous. Yeah, I mean, carnivorous. I always assumed Wookiees ate people, so. Yeah. Thank you for turn- tuning in this week for the CGM podcast. You can catch us next week. You can also catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash magazine and Twitter at CGM+. You can also find us at Google at google.com, little plus sign, online, and, of course, cgmagonline.com. Thanks so much, and come back next week. Woohoo! <laughs>